TV CRE, your choice for commercial real estate insights in the Treasure Valley. I fell into business and I loved the brand Nike. I like it so mm. much that I do have a Nike swoosh tattoo somewhere <laughs> on my body that I got when I was 17. <laughs> so, that's going to be a shame. Yeah, so we're going to have the regular version of the podcast and then the uncut version yeah, of the right. podcast. That <laughs> might be uncut. This is the TV CRE podcast that Taylor and I have been talking about for multiple months now in a row. And we wanted to just come to Boise and the Treasure Valley and probably throughout the nation now with how hot Boise is and talk about what's going on in commercial real estate in the valley, right? Yeah, I mean, we both see the commercial real estate industry from different angles, so I feel like we have some unique viewpoints to contribute, and then it's not just not just us here. We wanna have you know other players in the valley, other guests, and be able to share insights and information with you and, and really learn together. Yeah, so we're gonna have a, a variety of guests on the show. Um, maybe a sneak peek for our week one guest, uh, if you want to know who that is, it's going to be a GP partner in some multifamily deals. Um, do you want to reveal who it is? Yeah, he's wheeling and dealing. Um, he's making making a big splash. So um, our buddy Gray Parnell, yeah, with Gray Stoke Capital Partners. It's going to so be he'll be guess. on next week. So if you want to know uh, how multifamily is trading at around a three cap, financially, how that makes sense and what buyers are in the market, we're happy to kind of bring him on to kind of talk us through that. Yeah, no, he'll talk about that as well as a lot of other things. That guy's, his memories is still trapped when it comes to multifamily, just a really gifted individual for analysis and yes. has really dedicated his professional life to understanding that, doing big things. Yeah, smart, smart young man and also has good character. He's done some cool things with uh, flying into rural locations to help people with uh, healthcare. And so yeah. maybe we'll even get him to talk yeah. about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, That's I bet we will for sure. Story. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about stories and uh, about people, what's your angle and where'd you come from? How does this all work for you? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we all kind of have a winding road. You know, maybe it wasn't you know always the plan for where we're going to end up, but um, yeah, I ended up um, in commercial title and escrow. Uh, my background is in law. You know, before that, I grew up in a small town in Salmon, Idaho. My dad was a large animal veterinarian, and uh, you know, built fence through high school, framed houses in college. Uh, but eventually, you know, decided that I wanted to become an attorney. And after a few years of practice, um, kind of realized that that my my skill set and my desire was really to to work with people more and to be you know building things. As an attorney, oftentimes you're dealing with things kind of falling mm -hmm. apart. Um, and so I fell into title. Didn't have a great understanding of what it was at the time, but had an interest in learning. And a boss who saw something in me and gave me a shot. And so that was 2015. Opened up the commercial title and escrow department at uh, Next Title at the time. Uh, we now operate as Empire Title, um, but it's been a good run and, and seen a lot of growth and been a great opportunity for us and our team to be able to grow along with the Valley. Um, yeah. You know, I've been fortunate to work on some large transactions and uh, it's cool to kind of look back at where we started, where we are now, and, and I've definitely been blessed with a lot of opportunities to learn along the way. A lot of great customers, a lot of great companies to work with. So you've seen a lot of deals and you've got to see it from a lot of different angles, right? From oh. a legal position, from a buyer standpoint, from a seller standpoint, from a title position, from understanding the dynamics of land to the person to the funding. Yeah, yeah, that's what's fun about being a. Uh, you know, I serve primarily as an escrow officer on our commercial transactions, and really, you're in. You're, you're helping everybody communicate with each other, and so um, you're able to meet everybody that's involved with the transaction. But um, you're also not. 
you're not you're not calling the shots. You're just helping people communicate with each other. And so it's a really interesting, objective way to learn about commercial real estate because um, you're catching everybody's angles and just helping helping everybody follow instructions and bring the deal together. Um, so yeah, we see we see you know you know single family investment properties still sometimes come up on our, on the commercial side, uh, but also you know mobile home parks where you're taking the mobile home titles down to the DMV mm. and, you know, prepaying property taxes before they'll take those um, all the way up to, you know, super large scale multifamily deals that our Valley, you know, maybe hadn't historically seen regularly and now we're seeing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, yeah it kind of runs the gamut. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting. Well, you're going to be a great host. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> time will tell. I'm going to watch you talk a lot of the time. It's going to be great. Oh, man. But um, no, it's been a great run and it, it has given me opportunities to, to meet folks like yourself, Dre. I mean, you're seeing the, the market from a, a little bit of a different angle. Maybe let us know how you got into it. Yeah. As you know, um, it, you came from a very unique background. Mine might be competitive with that. Yeah, maybe right? more so, unique, right? A little non-traditional. Yeah, raised in Nampa, um, went to College of Idaho, was going to go to Pepperdine, uh, wanted to go down there and study neuropsychology. Oh, I thought you were going to say study surfing. <laughs> no, I, I was going to study neuropsychology and uh, wanted to stay kind of close to home, was kind of a mama's boy, so yeah. wanted to be close to home. And uh, went to the College of Idaho, and when I was there, I, I really liked business, right? I fell into business, and I loved the brand Nike. I like it so mm. much that I do have a Nike swoosh tattoo somewhere <laughs> on my body that I got when I was 17. So, <laughs> that's a little bit of shame. So, we're going to have the regular version of the podcast, and then the uncut version yeah, of right. the podcast. That <laughs> might be uncut. Uh, but that swoosh is somewhere. I hope I'm not their property now. But, um <laughs> I, I went there and I was like, I'm going to become a marketer for Nike. I'm going to go get my MBA, start out in an MBA program, and then took a psychology class from this guy named uh, Professor Thur. And the guy was just so unique and so yeah. weird. And then had some kind of battles in my um, family that we were dealing with. And I was like, well, I'm going to study psychology to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Took psychology classes and I was like, well, business sounds boring compared right. to psychology, right. even yeah. though I love numbers and, and sales. And so went and did that and... Uh, Went and got a master's degree in social work because that was what you did after you got a degree in psychology because right. there wasn't a lot of jobs and ended up being a therapist and working with kids with intellectual and physical disabilities for a while and and then was offered a teaching position with Northwest Nazarene University. Right. Really enjoyed that, right? Yeah. Like going and teaching um, students and trying to help change the world and learning about people the whole time and understanding society and people and why we function the way we do. and. The, that entire time, I also had side sales jobs, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was hustling. eBay. Or, Still channeling that yeah, entrepreneurial right. interest. Foot Locker, yeah. Sunglass Hut, uh, just, and then my own stuff, right? Like yard sailing for fun, and <laughs> just learning how to do that. I, I have like the sales itch. And yeah. So that the last transition, when I went through a kind of a life change moment, um, I said, why, why am I doing the things that I should be doing? Right, the I conventional what, wisdom. Yeah, what, yeah. I, what I want to do. And I liked real estate investing, and I enjoyed real estate, and I met with a guy named Brian Rollins, and he mm-hmm. said, why don't you check out commercial real estate? And I said, sure, I'll check it out. Yeah, that was the Gave start. Gave it a shot, and man, it's never been, never looked back. Right. It's just people, and psychology, and sales, and development in this valley, you know, being a, a 2C, proud to be 2C guy, mm-hmm. I'd say, because growing up in Nampa, I love watching our valley change, and, and all the stuff, and getting to be a part of the transactions that are forming and shaping our valley and the and the players here it's it's been exciting so yeah that's my role and yeah and obviously now i got i get to be a part of the transactions and get to watch what happens from the, the role of a broker right and being a part of the brokerage community so 
I think we both, right, have a different angle where we can get an all-encompassing view of what's going on in the valley with commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely. I think you bring a great, you know, a great viewpoint that um, will definitely uh, add value to our listeners and to ourselves. And and then like we talked about, it's not just us. We're going to have those guests in here and be able to hopefully play off some of our different angles to ask the right questions and, and really try to explore some of the things that are going on, uh, whether that's current stuff or understanding deals that have happened and and maybe talking about maybe some more controversial subjects about how our valley can grow yeah. in the right way. Um, we're not going to delve too deep into the politics probably, but um, it, it, it kind of winds its way in sometimes. Yeah. We'll talk about um, issues I think that are... They're just they're on the on the mind of people who are here, people who have come here, also people who have grown up here, mm-hmm. and just with the development and the growth of the area, I think there's a lot to talk about in regards to different lending practices, different um, deal structures. Mm-hmm. When it comes to development of exciting, fun things, maybe yeah. sports teams, who right. knows? Like, yeah, we don't yeah, know where gonna, this is going to be in ten right. years. Where's Boise going to be right. in ten years? That's right. Yeah. Whoever thought Nampa, Caldwell, Boise. And the surrounding area would be where they're at now, even six years ago. Right, right. No, it's absolutely blown up. And it's an exciting time. Uh, Yeah, just kind of along for the ride almost. (laughs) Yeah, it's exciting. So we hope that uh, you guys all get to come in and tune in. And Taylor and I, I would say that Taylor's one of the most relational people I know. And so our goal is to make this a relational podcast and a relational ability for you to be able to say, hey, I got... Those are just two guys talking about the the valley I live in or the valley I want to live in and invest in. And we want to be a part of that. That's right. We just want to help bring you news and bring you value. And that's our goal. Yeah. And we'd love user or listener questions uh, talking to us about things that you want to hear about, um, things that you're wondering about, or maybe guest suggestions too. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, um, you know, we can't make any promises, but we'd love to... Love to try to get as many people on here as we can. I think initially the game plan is to uh, try to do about one a month. Um, mm-hmm. And then hopefully we can pick up steam and get better at this process and maybe do a few more. Uh, but at least want to deliver 12 podcasts in the next year. Right? Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, and if you guys really like it and really share it and really love it, we'll try to get two a month. Yeah, three a month. that's and right. Who knows yeah. where it goes. But as long as we're continuing to give you guys good content that provides value to you and that's our goal. Yeah, so. absolutely. You know, one thing that maybe we can kind of wrap up with, what's something interesting that maybe you've seen either since the pandemic to now or, you know, within the last few months, I mean, either an interesting transaction or an interesting trend, what's something that, that you think might be uh, something our, inter- our listeners would be interested in hearing? Yeah, it's interesting, right, to see the, um, the real, very, very real desire to get into industrial mm-hmm. um, space um, with the pandemic happening and forcing a lot of retailers and people not being able to go out and actually forcing a lot of retailers to move to online sales and more of a distribution style sales model, we've seen a lot of the warehousing Mm -hmm. get absorbed. And so groups like Adler, whom we hope we can get probably a representative on for our show, um, can talk about it more. But there's there's been such an absorption of the um, industrial warehouse space and flex space in the last year and year and a half that we're out. Mm-hmm. It's out of it. And right. there's a lot being produced right now. And it'll be interesting to see, and we can talk about that probably over a couple of shows, what the trends will be on how fast that gets filled and if right. there's still a need for it. Yeah. Obviously, we know that there's data centers and mm-hmm. with the big uh, release about Meta right. now coming here for us old guys at Facebook, uh, coming <laughs> to CUNA 
and what role that could have. And that's yeah. something we would have never thought about. But there, there's a need for these kind of this warehousing industrial style product. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I was at a conference this past week and there was a, a CoStar Economic uh, person that was talking about some of the trends that they're seeing nationwide and the lack of um, industrial and in particular warehousing um, inventory is an issue nationwide too mm-hmm. and really our our economy and the supply chain shifting a little bit I think and we're seeing that impacting that uh, that silo of the real estate industry so yeah. it bears out in our market as well as nationally. Well who would have ever predicted in our lives that we would have had a year where we needed to stay inside right. and stay oh, six feet away from people mm-hmm. and that people wouldn't be out shopping and eating at restaurants. So. Right. There's a natural fall of events after that. And yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, place. yeah, we'll see how long those trends carry out. But definitely a real thing. Yeah. Um, something interesting that we've seen um, that's kind of uh, related to that uh, is uh, the growth of the remote online notary platform. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of a nerdy escrow thing. I mean, I think most people are like, yeah, like however we need to sign docs is fine. But like, there's a way now where you can notarize documents through online video technology and someone can be on the other side of the world wow. as long as they have a driver's license that's issued by a United, you know, a state um, or a United States issued passport. Um, and we can notarize those docs, we can record them with the county. Um, and those have been used significantly on seller side and on uh, non-lending, so cash transactions. Um, the interesting point is lenders are still having a hard time going uh, forward with the remote online notary transactions because they want wet signatures on their note. Um, and is usually a condition of being able to package up those nodes and and sell them, you know, a security. So that's kind of the last uh, adoption that needs to play, take place before remote online notary kind of becomes a, a more standard thing. But from the title and escrow world, that's grown a ton. I've probably done a hundred, a mm-hmm. um, hundred of those closings that have had a remote online notary involved at some level. And for someone who's sick with COVID or just sick or on vacation or for whatever reason unavailable, it's kept some transactions moving along at a good pace and is much more secure than DocuSign, right? Yeah. And DocuSign's getting used by a lot of folks on transaction it's documents. So. Well, so yeah, we hope that you liked this uh, first episode. I know it's kind of just maybe the tip of the iceberg, but we're excited to be able to come to you and our next uh, episode will be full of probably a lot of really good information that goes over uh, a lot of people's heads, but there will be nuggets in there <laughs> that Greg can help yeah. break down for us and yeah. understanding. And yeah. We look forward to bringing that to you. Yeah, he's a, he's a good teacher and a, yeah, a good person, so excited to have him on the show. And uh, just excited to get this thing rolling. Uh, it's going to be a, a great time and just want to be consistent and bring good information and take feedback and mm-hmm. have fun. So yeah, and if you guys didn't hear that again, it's the TVCRE podcast. And if you want to like us, follow us, share us, we'd be appreciative of that as well. Yeah. Yep. We'll talk to you guys soon.